It is Thursday, the first day of April, 2021. Spring is in the air, huh? Uh, I enjoyed last week's episode. Apparently fewer people than usual um, enjoyed it. Ratings were way down, which I'm surprised it took this long. But... I had fun. It's a bunch of uh, rambling nonsense, an awesome interview. And uh, fortunately, or unfortunately, depending how you look at it, this week is going to be uh, the same, but without the, you know, excellent meat of the show in a, in a good interview. Don't have one. I'm again unorganized. Uh, my cup is runneth over with potential content as the Google Notes app is chock full of shit. I mean, honestly, it's it's ridiculous. So all of that and so much more on episode 69. That's right, 69. Get your minds out of the fucking gutter. Got it? Thank you. There will be... No 69 jokes on this show. None. It's a very mature program. However, one that immediately does come to mind is from the amazing show Letterkenny. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's on the Hulu. Check it out. It's awesome. I don't watch television or movies because my attention span can be measured in nanoseconds. Anyways, the bartender at Modine's 2, Gail, is the horniest character in the history of television or cinema. That's a fact. She's incredible. She's always hitting on Wayne and said to him once, Hey, Wayne, want a 68? You go down on me and I'll owe you one. That's fucking brilliant writing. It is a Canadian, it's as if like Aaron Sorkin decided to be a comedy writer, but he wasn't Aaron Sorkin. He still wrote like Aaron Sorkin, like way too much fucking dialogue. That's Letterkenny, except Canadian and funny as fuck. So watch it. Anyways, this is episode 69, the Bronson Arroyo episode, huh? Yeah, Bronson Arroyo, war number 69 for three years with the Pirates. Incredible. Bronson Arroyo was the perfect average baseball player who had an unbelievable run of consistency. The guy started 30-plus games, eight years in a row, 200 innings, eight years in a row. Like, you do not see that kind of consistency uh, in the game anymore. You just don't. But he was average. I mean, he was like, he was the guy that that the Reds could pencil in as the number four starter for eight straight seasons and knew that he would fucking go out there. And apparently he didn't ice his arm, ice his shoulder after games or, or whatever, something weird. Spent too much time playing guitar. Um, he put out an album of covers, which 
still to this day is one of the funniest things ever. I was managing a strawberries at the time when the record came out and we got so many fucking copies of this thing. I couldn't believe it. I also couldn't believe how many fucking copies we sold. It's like, holy shit. This ain't Paul Anka. It's fucking Bronson Arroyo. Just coming up. Just butt rock cover. Not butt rock. I mean, good grunge rock songs. A lot of STP. He did some Goo Goo Dolls in there too, but whatever. What a fucking niche this douchebag carved out because he could twiddle on his fucking guitar. Apparently lived on a boat for a while in Cincinnati. Just a weird dude. But I bet he's fun to hang out with, Bronson Arroyo. Got fucking shelled by the Yankees in 04. Game three when they lost 19 to 8. He was the starter. Shelled. Two innings. Six runs. Gross. Not good. Took the L. You know what else takes the L? This goddamn show. This is Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? And I feel the time's a waste and go. So where you going to tomorrow? And I see that these are lies to come. So would you even care? Awful. Just fucking terrible. Scott Weiland could not write lyrics to save his fucking life. None of none of his fucking songs made any fucking sense. None. Gross. You know what else is gross? That album's gonna be 30 fucking years old next year. Holy fuck. 1992. Oh my god, that's that's disgusting. You know what else is disgusting? The first thing I needed to bring up today. Um, this afternoon, <clears throat> on a work call, all of a sudden, uh, my wife calls. Now, when she calls, that's not good. That means something's wrong. And she says, uh, in a huff, uh, Dave, there's something dead in front uh, of our door. I'm like, what? What do you mean something's dead? She's like, it's an animal. It's dead. I'm like, okay. Walk upstairs. I go out the front door as opposed to the side door. Uh, turn the corner. Sure enough, 
there are two things on the ground. One, a package that I ordered. In front of it, a uh, mangled, flattened, small rabbit. I mean, how the fuck did it get there? There are a couple of theories, okay? One, a cat, which uh, we instantly threw out, or at least I did. Uh, we do not have a, a neighborhood cat that runs around here, so. Second, and my theory, is that the weird fucking mailman, like, found it by the driveway and just picked it up and was like, fuck these people. The mailman's a fucking weirdo. I don't know him. I get such bad vibes from the dude. Horrifically bad vibes. I don't know what it is. He's got, he has a weird sort of, um, uh, what was the fucking movie? Javier Bardem, um, No Country for Old Men, I think. I think that's what it was. No Country for Old Men. I think that's the one. Yes. Like, he's got the same fucking haircut as that dude. Or, more plausible, a blackbird picked it up on the side of the road and dropped it. And it just happened to land in front of the door. Either way, thinking on it now, right, I'm kind of glad that it fell where it fell, because if it fell on, like, on the roof, or if it fell into the gutter and it just sat there and decayed and got disgusting, oh, man, wow. So really, in hindsight, it was kind of a gift that it landed where it did. Otherwise, we'd be fucked. That thing would stink. There will be a photograph of that shared. So keep your eyes peeled. Although you've probably already seen it by now. So, And you're like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Is that a dead animal? Sure is, faithful listener. <laughs> Oh, man. So listen, as I said, a ton of content today. None of it good. I wanted to mention the uh, the cargo ship in the Suez Canal. Six days this fucking thing was stuck. Wild. And as I mentioned last week when I brought it up, when I think, I think, yeah, because by the time I recorded the show, Oh, shoot. Excuse me. Jesus. <sighs> you can't be burping into the microphone, David. It's so uncouth. Anywho, the uh, the fucking boat. Yeah, the fact that this thing sat there for so long is just crazy. And that the Egyptian government was trying to come up with ways to uh, you know, to to free it. Like, oh, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to send in a bunch of other ships and try to unload the fucking thing. I'm like, oh my God. This thing's going to be a disaster. Uh, however, there are 
a bunch of other theories that are that are floating around, uh, including this one that I read about um, in the Sun. So this is a a segment shared by my buddy Matt called Dave Reads the News. It's not really a segment; it's just that that's the way it is. And so apparently, uh, they're saying that it's Ramsey's or Ramsey's revenge. Uh, the Suez Canal chaos and two other disasters in Egypt blamed on the Pharaoh's curse over plan to move Ramsey II's body. Oh, boy. They're going to move 22 fucking mummies, including the remains of King Ramses II. And there's pictures of this fucking thing. These things are incredibly preserved. Crazy. Uh, but I mean, look, if anybody believes that, like, what the fuck? Really? Apparently there was like a, uh, a passenger train accident and 32 people died. And then there was um, uh, an apartment building that collapsed in Cairo and 18 people died. So they're saying these three events are revenge for moving Ramses the second. These pictures are fucking terrible. <laughs> Oh, my God. There's an uh, inscription on King Tut's tomb that apparently reads, quote, death will come on quick wings for those who disturb the king's peace, end quote. Bum, bum, bum. Even though that's not Ramsey's tomb, that's King Tut's tomb. So if you move King Tut, then you're fucked. And there's, you know, all, I mean, of course, Twitter was just enraptured by this because they need to find fucking reasons and excuses for everything. It can't be something completely random like, I don't know, high winds, uh, deep sand, and a, an absolutely giant fucking cargo ship trying to squeeze its way through a very narrow passage. Shit happens, man. Shit fucking happens. The disruption in the economy because of this thing is just crazy. Like you, The European economy is going to take a hit. It may not be right away, but the best part about it was the number of ships that were stuck in the, uh, what the fuck is it called? The Horn of something. Ah, fuck. God damn it. Horn of, yeah, the Horn of Plenty. No, the Horn of Africa. The Horn of Africa is, you know, Somalia. But what is the Gulf of of Aden? That's what it was. The Gulf of Aden. The Red Sea, the Gulf of Aden. Bananas. The Gulf of Suez, where the Suez Canal is. It's a very narrow passage. If you haven't actually looked to see the size of this thing, it is not very big. And you're trying to fit all that. You're trying to squeeze this shit. It's like trying to thread a needle. Most of you haven't done that. But you should try it. That's like trying to fit this goddamn ship into the Suez Canal. I'm talking about the fucking Suez Canal. Good grief, man. Um, other big news. So <clears throat> I had to go to the dentist on... Uh, 
last week. I think it was last Thursday. So the day the show dropped, 8 a.m., sitting in the dentist chair again. <clears throat> Good news, though. Got a different dentist. And this this woman was thorough, fast, efficient, painless. She had to fill uh, a wisdom tooth because I can't have them pulled out because I'm already missing a bunch of other teeth because I'm a fucking douchebag. <clears throat> Anyways, it got me thinking, is there a worse smell than the smell of like drilled teeth? No. It's fucking disgusting. When they're drilling that cavity out of there, it's one thing you can hear the drill, obviously, but when you can smell it, it's like, oh my God, it's, it's, I was close to gagging this time. I don't know why, but holy shit, what a fucking horrific smell. It is not good. I, I really can't equate it to anything else because it's not something that, you know, if I had smelled that same thing someplace else, I'd be like, oh, that smells like getting your teeth drilled. But there's nothing else. So word of advice, next time you go to the dentist and you get a filling, you know, keep an open mind, take a big whiff, smell that, try not to gag. Because it smells like shit. But it doesn't smell like shit. That's the thing. It just smells terrible. And I'm fairly certain that the dentist office was fucking with every single person that was in there. Every patient. Because the playlist. I wrote down three songs. Okay. These three songs were all in a row. The first one was Novocaine from Green Day. And it's like, really? Like, how fucking obvious do you need to make this? And then the second song comes on, Comfortably Numb, Pink Floyd. Now, look, I'm not fucking with you people. This is legit. This really happened. And I even mentioned to the hygienist afterward, I'm like, is there somebody in charge of the playlist here? Because I heard, you know, some weird songs. No, no. Why? I got bullshit. Bullshit. Because then the third song was Miss You by Coldplay, which doesn't really go with the theme. Kind of. It kind of does, but kind of doesn't. Uh, that song will be etched in my brain forever and a day. It was with a girl one time. Uh, won't get into the nitty gritty, but uh, we had broken up. And then all of a sudden she called to have me make a a conjugal visit, if you will. And she had the radio on or, or the iPod or whatever it was. And that song came on and she broke down in tears. <laughs> and in hindsight, it's funny as fuck. <clears throat> so yeah, good stuff. All right. So as I said, a ton of random shit that I want to talk about, but, um, Unfortunately, we're back to commercials. So, but I promise this is, this is a good commercial. So I'm going to ask you kindly to sit tight. Don't fast forward through this. It's a good commercial. 
gentle sounds of guitar, here to tell you about the Complaints and Observations Merchandise Store. What better way to spend your hard-earned money by supporting me and my dumb fucking show? Sure, you could spend your money on bills, food, or maybe even donating to charity. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to display your bad choices and your poor taste for all the public to see? Of course you would. Well, then head on over to bonfire.com uh, slash store slash complaints hyphen hyphen observations. Or you could just go to bonfire.com and search complaints and observations. Yeah, that'll work too. Plenty of great merch, including They're Going to Suck, which is about the Boston Baseball Club, hashtag hammer the under, one large fry, complaining, there's the show t-shirt, a Trent Freddy t-shirt, which isn't that great, and a coffee mug. All of these wonderful items can be yours at the Complaints and Observations merch store, now open. Rest assured, I'm not making a single goddamn penny off of this. I just want you to be embarrassed wearing my gear. Also, uh, last Thursday, I get a text from a friend of the show, Sarah Carey. Random text. But, you know, the kind of text that... Like, she's, she's good for it. Like, Sarah's good for this kind of information. And all it said was, Dave, I have a question. Is cheesecake a pie or a cake? Now, immediately your mind says, well, it's called cheesecake. It's not called cheese pie. So it's obviously a cake, right? Well, my response is it's its own category, okay? It's a hybrid. Gun to my head, though, it's a pie. It's not a cake. I think cake, I think two things, right? I think flour or ice cream. Now, is there flour in a cheesecake? Fuck if I know. I've never made one, so I have no clue. And quite frankly, it ruins the integrity of the question if I start digging around for the ingredients of a pie. I posed the question to my wife, and I said, you know, Sarah came up with this amazing question. Cheesecake, cake, or pie? For whatever reason, uh, my wife doesn't like cheesecake. It's one of her few flaws, really. I can't figure it out. But then, as we're talking it through and discussing the merits of cheesecake, I said, well, 
if you had a person, okay, with no uh, familiarity, familiarity, that's not, I can't even say that word, familiarity, is that even a word? You didn't know what a cheesecake was, you just put it in front of them. Now, this person would know what a cake or a pie was, but they've never seen a cheesecake before. So it's not as if they can say, oh, that's a cheesecake. In this hypothetical, this person has never seen a cheesecake. So the question would be then, person, is this a pie or a cake? I would say a reasonably thinking person would assume that the hypothetical person would say pie, no? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I want to go and change the name of cheesecake to cheese pie? No, because cheese pie sounds like a pie crust um, filled with a variety of cheeses. There's only, you know, typically, I think, like one cheese in a cheesecake. You know, I think the original is probably a ricotta cheese, I would imagine. Again, I don't know. I've never made one, so I don't even know if there's any cheese in it. The whole thing could be a fucking scam, for all I know. But I found that to be an incredibly insightful and interesting question, so uh, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. Content. Content. That's what we're looking for here on the program. And that was the kind of question that you don't hear literally anywhere else unless you hang out with Sarah. In which case, your brain would probably explode. Let's talk about sports, right? Uh, today is opening day in uh, Major League Baseball. Hooray! Crowd goes wild. Uh, the Red Sox are going to stink. I keep hearing from these uh, pie-in-the-sky type people saying they're going to win 85 fucking games. It's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. This team can't pitch. They still can't pitch. They can mash, but probably not mash as much as they could last year or the year prior. Last year doesn't count, okay? So get that out of your head. It's a fucking anomaly. It's an asterisk. Uh, the Dodgers didn't win shit. But I fear that, that your Boston Red Sox are going to just become the uh, Tampa Bay Red Sox. The guy in charge, Chaim Bloom, you know, he built the Rays to do nothing but be good. They didn't have any money, so they couldn't be great. If they had some money to spend, they probably... Think about Tampa Bay being where they were for the last five or six years, reasonably competitive, making the playoffs a handful of times. If they had a fucking, if they had two nickels to rub together, they'd be competing for, for championships. However, here in Boston, we have billions of nickels to rub together. So there's no fucking reason why we need to run this club like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. But here we are uh, with 
this fucking mishmash of garbage trading Mookie Betts away because they don't want to fucking pay him what he's worth, what the market has deemed him worth. And instead we get this nonsense like, um, you know, this guy that they brought in, Franchi Cordero. Franchi is his name. Uh, Michael Chavis gets, gets sent down to, well, it's not Pawtucket anymore, it's Worcester. So he gets sent over to Worcester. It's not down anymore. I like geographical directional terms. So from now on, when a player gets demoted to AAA from the Red Sox, he is no longer sent down. He is sent over to Worcester, which is just punishment in and of itself. Pawtucket was no fucking cat's meow, but it had history. This Worcester thing is a fucking shitty money grab from Larry Lucchino, so off topic. This Franchi Cordero guy, he's not good. But they traded Andrew Benintendi to get him. So, you know, Franchi is going to make the club. Now, I mean, you can say that, uh, you know, batting average doesn't matter anymore and, and this, that, and the other. The guy fucking, <clears throat> he's a career 236 hitter. Uh, he's 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 already 26 years old. He'll be 27 come the summer. Big kid. But, like, what the fuck does Michael Chavis have to do to make the team? The dude mashed in the spring. Mashed. But there was no way he was going to make the team because Franchi Cordero needs to slide in. Chaim Bloom is Theo Epstein on speed. So Theo had a knack for finding cheap talent. But, you know, he knew where he was. He was in Boston. He had money to spend and money to burn. And they wanted to win and win titles. And that's what he did. Chaim Bloom thinks he can find good talent. And is going to sacrifice, you know, championships in in order. It, it's almost going to be a very Bruins mentality. That's the only thing I can think of. And until they prove me wrong, that's what I'm thinking. It's going to be a very, hey, we just want to put asses in the seats. We want to be good enough to fill the fucking building. That's what the Red Sox are going to be. And quite frankly, I, I, I'm not looking forward to the season. And I said the same thing last year that I wasn't looking forward to it, and I hammered the under last year and nailed it, did pretty well. I'm saying the same thing this year. I think the under is like, I want to say 82, I think is what I got. Some, I think I had 82 and a half. Hammer that under. I don't see them winning more than 80 games. I'm, I'm thinking 77, 78. They'll be okay. But who the fuck's going to watch this crap? The only redeemable... uh value in watching the Red Sox this year is going to be pre and post game. Mo Vaughn, Ellis Burks, Kevin Euclid. Give me Mo Vaughn all day, every day. Because that dude, he's going to be funny. I'm convinced of it. I want to see Jim Rice and Mo Vaughn together. 
That would be funny. More sports. The Buffalo Sabres have lost 18 games in a row. 18 fucking games in a row. Yikes. Having said that, uh, they've won a playoff series more recently than the Toronto Maple Leafs because fuck the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really, it's just that Toronto sucks. So there you go. Uh, Third, the infatuation in this area with Jimmy Garoppolo still boggles my mind. I don't understand uh, the the love and affection and the the collective hard on the area has for this kid. If the Patriots trade for him, they're stupid because. The 49ers are going to cut this dude at some point. It might not be until the beginning of the season. Which would suck for anybody that wants him. But if they hold on to him through the summer, there's no reason to cut him. Because uh, you don't know what you're getting. Even though the Niners made a big trade, moved up to number three to draft probably Mac Jones. Which could not be more perfect for the Patriots. Because then I think they're going to move up to... Wherever Atlanta is sitting or Cincinnati is sitting to get a quarterback, because Cincinnati doesn't need a quarterback. Atlanta might, but who knows? Atlanta's stupid. Cincinnati does not need a quarterback. So it, I'm on the phone with fucking Cincinnati if I'm Bill Belichick to try to get that pick to move up and take Justin Fields. Let's go. Jimmy Garoppolo, games played in the last four seasons. In San Francisco. Five, three, 16, and six. What's the best availability in football? Availability. Case closed. End of discussion. I don't want the guy. That's it. That's all I've got. I really wish I could go deeper than that, but I can't. There's nothing else. There's really nothing else I could say, right? Meh. Here's something I was thinking about the other day. So I was reading uh, Mark Manson, as I do often. And one of the... One of the comments was was like a question to him and saying, how do you figure out what your dream job is or what your, you know, more or less what's your dream job? So I thought about it and I was like, you know, there, there comes like different points in your life where your dream jobs change, right? Of course. I mean, when you're a kid, at least in my case, you know, I wanted to wanted to play for the Red Sox. I wanted to be the GM of the Red Sox. I wanted to, uh, you know, work for the Celtics. And then as I got older, it was like, okay, I want to, want to be in sports. I want to, I don't know, be gainfully employed for an extended period of time. And so, uh, it, it's just funny because, the way that your outlook on life changes as you get older. I mean, it's obvious. And especially 
you know, if you have kids, it's it's completely different because your life is no longer your own. It's your it belongs to your kids, and that's you know more or less how it should be. I would I would assume. So I started thinking, okay, at this point in my life, I am going to turn forty three years young. I'm going to start doing that now. When when you get to be my age, you can say that. <laughs> what a fucking stupid thing to say. <laughs> when you get to be my age, man. But, um, yeah. So I was thinking, all right, what is, what would be my dream job today? So if somebody came to me, uh, a Will Smith-esque genie, came to me and said, David, I'm going to grant you a single wish that you could you could have your dream job. What would it be? And I went, wow, boy. What would it be? And I don't think I would want to be in sports right now. Especially, you know, like in an actual uh, sort of management position or, you know, decision-making position. I wouldn't want that. Too much stress. Like, the business is just too big. Like, do I... I could see, you know, maybe being uh, the ad guy. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know I'm a wannabe ad man. So, you know, coming up with, with commercials. But again, same thing. You know, it's it's tough because you want a dream job, but you don't want to be so fucking stressed out about it. Because all you're doing is inviting... Um, you know, heartache and problems. But you would have to pick something that you think you could do well at, that you want to do, that you would be willing to sort of dive in and and love and, and really give it your all. And then I said, you know what? You know what I want to be when I grow up? I want to be an Instagram influencer. That's what I came up with for dream job. Now, you might think, wow, that's fucking ridiculous, Dave. I think the same thing. It is a tad ridiculous. However, think about it, okay? I, I should probably be more specific. I want to be an Instagram travel influencer where I just travel around the world, take pictures in random places, and have tens of thousands of people following me and, and looking at my photographs. That's the dream. You know? And there's an occasional ad in there for, for the camera that I'm using or for the resort that I stay at or, uh, you know, the travel bureau for fucking Phuket, Thailand or some shit. You know what I mean? So it's okay. That that would be the that would be the the dream job. I was like, all right. Well, but at the same time, there aren't it, it, there isn't really a market for short, fat, early forties Instagram uh, uh, travel influencers. So maybe that's the untapped niche, if you will, right? I mean, you could say, where do fat white guys in their 40s want to travel? Okay, so we have to put aside, you know, every Major League Baseball stadium in the country. 
cliched. I don't know, like, because now I'm curious. I'm I'm somewhat serious about eventually becoming uh, an Instagram travel influencer. I saw fucking Chad Ocho Cinco was doing Instagram ads for sandals. It's like, what the fuck? He doesn't need to do that shit. Normal people need to do that shit. The thing that gets me, okay, about just ads in general, all right, celebrity endorsements. I don't think I've ever bought something based on a celebrity endorsement. Right? Because you know that the celebrity's not paying for this product, that once the commercial's done, they're not using the product anymore. I would venture a guess 90% of celebrity endorsers don't use the product they endorse. And I could be, I could, I'm probably being a bit conservative. Because it's probably higher than that. But I think I'm onto something. So my dream job as the Instagram travel influencer, that could be a reality. I don't travel nearly as much as I want to. And that's the thing. I love to travel. So it wouldn't be wouldn't be hard. I mean, what, what would you do? If I can go somewhere, take a handful of pictures, uh, post them. That's like an hour's worth of work a day. Barely. Because if you take a vacation, it means you're not on vacation. What? It's, all you're doing is managing a fucking Instagram account. It could be a full-time job, sure. Would I want it to be? Nah, probably not. Probably not. You know, you could obviously venture into other avenues and other mediums, if you will. YouTube, for example. I just don't think the market... I don't... Here's... (laughs) I don't think the world is ready. For a short, fat, 43-year-old white man traveling the world, telling people where to go. The internet is not ready for that. I'm losing weight like crazy. Not like crazy. I'm losing weight, so maybe I won't be as fat when this gets started. Hopefully I'll keep my hair so I won't be bald, which would just throw the whole thing out of whack. If you're listening to this and you happen to have any sort of pull with a a resort or a travel company, please, I'm your man. (laughs) I would have to do like, like beach shots in uh, small shorts. Uh, it like the the picture in my head is just so stupid. Oh man, that's great. Making myself laugh, so at least someone here is going to be entertained. It's going to be me. <clears throat> oh, that's fucking funny. Um, you know what else is funny? Uh, all these people mad at, at Lil Nas X. 
Lil Nas X don't give two fucks about his music. Uh, that first song he came out with, um, the name of which eludes me because I'm old and fat, that was a smash hit. It was terrible. It's a terrible fucking song. But you know what? This kid's a fucking genius. It's like, oh, I'm going to make a video about Satan fucking me. And I'm going to piss off so many people that everyone's going to know that there's a video of Satan fucking me. Genius. Same with these sneakers that he fucking comes out with. There's no fucking human blood in on those sneakers. Don't like how fucking stupid do you need to be? And if, he got the goddamn governor of South Dakota to talk about him. Like, what? What? I mean, that woman is fucking thick as a goddamn brick to begin with. She's a fucking dunce. And she's tweeting about Lil Nas X. Like, what happened to... to when you're in a fucking position of power, not giving a fuck about dumb shit, what happened to that? Social media is what happened. It fucked everything up. Now these fucking people think that everybody wants to hear every goddamn thought they have. Governor of South Dakota. Look, just because there's 14 people in your fucking state doesn't mean you need to tweet all the time. It was bad enough we had the fucking last president doing the same thing. And look, the current president's fucking doing the same thing, but my guess is he's not the one doing it. Same people, a bunch of people mad at Chet Hanks. Like, who the fuck cares about Chet Hanks? You want to talk about born with a fucking silver spoon in his mouth? All the dude does is, like, make bad rap music and play golf. That's fucking Chet Hanks. He has the fucking dream life. People mad at him because he says something on fucking Twitter. Like, come on. Get mad at that Southwest pilot that got caught on the hot mic because he can't handle fucking gay people or liberals or whatever in San Francisco. Be mad at that guy. Like, direct your anger at people who deserve to be fucking had fucking anger directed at them. Get mad at fucking Lil Nas X and Chet Hanks. What the fuck? There's no, there's no point. Like, save your fucking energy. All right. Speaking of energy, uh, it is Thursday, and it is time for three gripes. Now, I try to make like an intro for three gripes, like you know, uh, music and fucking uh, a cheesy voiceover, and I don't know what happened to it. It wasn't good, so I'm glad it kind of got lost, but Audacity lost the fucking thing. So, uh, if um, if Bob and Don from uh, The Quiet Violent have, a, have any more music lying around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope you listen to that again, because the, my intro now is fire. From my buddy Ken, who I'm going to reach out to to try to do um, a one-year anniversary like recap. It's going to cost me like way too much money, but we'll see. I don't know. 
But uh, The Quiet Violent on Instagram, at The Quiet Violent. Check them out. They're on Spotify, probably on iTunes and a bunch of other crap that stupid old white people don't have access to or know about. But my intro now is fire. It's so fucking good. It's way too good for how bad this show is. That's kind of a problem. All right, I got off topic. Gripe number one. Sleeveless t-shirts in public. I'm not talking about tank tops. I'm talking about shirts that had uh, originally started their lives as t-shirts with arms. The owner of said t-shirt then cuts the arms off and wears them in public. It's, I mean, there are few things that you can rightfully judge a book by its cover. Like, you know that when you see a guy wearing a cutoff, wearing sleeveless t-shirts, you can judge that book. You know what, you know what's going to be inside when you take a look at that. It ain't going to be very good. Now, if you do that at home, let's say you're mowing your lawn and you're wearing a sleeveless t-shirt, fine. That's okay. However, if you're going to wear a sleeve, if you're going to do that, put that on and then venture out in public, like one gentleman did the other day, last weekend we're out to breakfast. I'm eating breakfast and what is what is in front of me? A man uh, with a sleeveless t-shirt feels the need to fucking put his arms up, both arms, on the booth. So what do you think I'm seeing when I'm eating my breakfast? This guy's fucking armpit bush, double armpit bush I'm getting while I'm trying to eat my fucking eggs. Like, do you have no uh, self-worth, sir? Put on an actual t-shirt. Save the sleeveless tees for your backyard. Only slightly less egregious than the sleeveless tees are pajama pants in public, which I have talked about. I believe that was a gripe early on, was pajama pants. I cannot fucking stand pajama pants in, in public. I don't care how old you are. No fucking pajama pants. You you should not wear fucking clothes anywhere that you would wear to bed. You can't fucking do that. This is America, goddammit. There are fucking rules, and one of them should be no fucking pajama pants, no sleeveless t-shirts while I'm trying to eat breakfast. Gripe number two. Mark Wahlberg. (sighs) Enough already, all right? We all fucking get it. Uh, You know, you've lived a, a very long and successful life. You've been in the public eye for pretty much your entire life. We get it now. 
you don't need to fucking try so hard. All right. We all understand. We know who you are. We're not going to forget about you, which I'm certain he's afraid that people will forget that he's fucking Marky Mark. No one is going to forget that. Good vibrations is in our head forever. It's not going anywhere, man. Everybody will remember that you left the Super Bowl when the Patriots were losing 28 to 3 and then blamed it on your kid. We'll remember you forever. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Slow the fuck down. All right? Take a vacation. You know what you don't need to do is have HBO come in and film a six-episode docu-series about you working. What? What? It's not necessary. You've made a bunch of movies, most of them terrible. Other than The Fighter, you haven't made a good one since 1998, which was the absolute cinematic classic, The Big Hit. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's dumb, but funny as hell. He was terrific. Played a hitman. Of course he did. He's fucking Marky Mark. He played a hitman. But Hitman had a soft side. He liked to bake. And he didn't want to be a Hitman anymore. It was a touching tale. And I loved it. I haven't seen it in a long time, and now I want to see it. The big hit starring Marky Mark. But please, look. Just enough already, okay? Just end it. Be done. It's fine. We know who you are. You don't need to keep working. I shouldn't say that. You don't need to keep working nearly as much as you work. It's not required. Nobody nobody misses you. <laughs> nobody misses you. <laughs> Listen, Mark, nobody misses you. All right? Your work is meh, so nobody fucking misses you. Ah. <laughs> uh. Gripe number three, email campaigns. If you're going to do an email campaign, at least you can make sure that the subject line is proper English. Now, I am uh, to blame here, okay? If you stuck around for my commercial, you've heard that I've launched a merch store um, selling T-shirts and uh, a coffee mug with my show logo on it. I just had this just came up one day. I'm like, oh, I want to make a I want to make some t-shirts. Why not? And this website, bonfire.com, they let you design them or and and put them up and you don't you don't pay anything unless you sell them. So I'm messing around with the prices on this shit and trying to see what what's what's what basically and and so uh made a bunch of t-shirts. I'm not making anything on these t-shirts. Literally. So I sold a few. Uh, a, a big thank you to Ed and to Rob. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Ed, you still suck. You're you're still blocked. But thank you. Um. So I've made literally three cents on the three T-shirts that I've sold, including the one that I bought. 
three cents, which is like, all right, that's fine. I tried to make them as cheap as possible, but they make you, you know, adjusted. So I have one that's twenty-one dollars and eighty-nine cents, one that's twenty-five sixty, another one that's twenty-two forty-nine. And then my sweet uh baseball t-shirt with the uh non Red Sox logo. The qu- the three quarter sleeve baseball tee, twenty five seventy four. Hammer the under twenty twenty one. However, I, I I did a an email campaign. I have a, apparently there are forty subscribers to my email list on the website, complaintsandobservations.com. If you're not on the email list and would like to get on, fuck it. I might actually you know send out some content. Who the fuck knows. Uh, but anyways, so, you know, I put out this fucking email and uh, put it together and I I get my copy of it. <laughs> and this, the subject line is, don't ignore this like email. What? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Don't ignore, don't ignore this like email. Oh, it's just so bad. And I got seven people to open it. Which is, you know, just kind of ridiculous in and of itself. But um, I got a kick out of it. Don't ignore this like email. Like, what what are you doing, buddy? Uh, so look, if you're going to do an email campaign, don't, don't fuck it up because you really only get one shot. Once you sent it out, that's it. That shit's locked in. I've kept you long enough. Listen, thank you so very much as always for listening to the program. I appreciate it. Uh, if you want to be on the show, please let me know. If you know anybody that wants to be on the show, let me know. If you have an idea for a segment or a topic let me know. You can give you can give the show a call. Leave a voicemail six one seven sixty five rip them. Uh, I wrote down the number and shared it last week, but I forgot what it is. So look at the keypad and spell it out six one seven sixty five rip them. Give me a call. Leave a voicemail. Love to hear from you. As always, please tell your friends about the show. I think today was a good episode, don't you? Don't answer that. I didn't think it was that bad at all. I might stick to this format. I think writing the shit out and and doing a whole fucking long ass script, and you know, I don't get nearly as many chuckles out of that. You know, plus I don't want to. I'm far less serious in doing just reading off the cuff. You know, reading all my fucking notes, keeping keeping ideas in my Google Notes tab. There's some other shit. I mean, I didn't. I didn't even get to some shit. Like, want to talk about Wolfgang Van Halen? Want to talk about Wolf? Want to talk about the Kowloon? Um, some other shit. But yeah, you know, a lot of shit that I didn't get to. That just means I get to do this crap again next week. Uh, at Complaints Pod on Twitter. At Complaints Pod on Instagram. I do have a Facebook uh, page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I haven't used, and I probably never will. 
please go to complaintsandobservations.com. There is nothing new on there um, from before the time we moved. So we're talking roughly six months. But I have to pay for it next month, so fucking visit. Uh, show mail at complaintsandobservations.com if you want to send me an email. Again, 617-65-RIP-EM. Give me a call. Leave me a voicemail. Be on the show. You want to be on the show? Let's fucking, let's get you on the show. You know, let's talk. So tell your friends, tell your moms. Moms love me. So tell your moms. They'll they'll definitely listen to the show. Or not. Apparently I got a new listener from somebody down in Florida who works with my wife. And he found last week's rant about how Fenway Park is a dump to be uh, sufficient enough for him not to visit. So uh, I wish I could remember your name, dude. I'm terribly sorry <laughs> that I forgot, but please do not let the ramblings of a of a moron like myself ruin the opportunity to see Fenway Park one time. You should. You should see it once. That's it. Don't go back. Just one time. That's all for the show. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Not really, but I like you guys. Thank you. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.